we've been talking recently just about like our upbringings in the Catholic church in particular from our experience, but, um, you know, how we were just kind of encouraged to look outside of ourselves for those answers and just how like, and you say it in the book, just how extremely low your spiritual self-esteem becomes. So I know a lot of people out there grew up in, you know, a particular religion or church and again, not good or bad, but it's just kind of thinking or having more awareness around like where we were not necessarily looking inside of ourselves or just depending on that figurehead um, and, and what you were just saying, the masculine. Um, so I would love to just kind of, you know, support people in that and how like they can begin to almost like marry the two because I, I, I definitely don't want to say like religion is bad, but I just kind of want yeah. to to talk about that. Yeah. And I think it's like anything that's alive, right? The minute we start controlling something, it loses its life force and its evolution. And I think the problem sometimes with religion is people get a lot of the like, here's the rules now stay within that box. But if religion can be a part of an alive, growing, expansive, moving, living thing, then it becomes more honest and just powerful. You know, I, I see it sometimes like we've been talking about, we have a podcast, my husband and I as well. And, um, it's called, called holy and human had to think about that for a second. <laughs> and, um, we've been talking about doing a podcast about the spiritual stages because it's kind of like this idea that we, some in terms of evolution and sometimes people pop in at a different place on this, but, it usually starts kind of with like the lawless, like, okay, I need something religious because if I don't, I might cheat on my wife, kill my neighbor or use drugs and alcohol. So I need some kind of a law system, a, a, a spiritual rules system um, and also spiritual community and, and a place to go and all that. So then there's the faithful, right? So now we're like going to church and we're doing the things. And sometimes that's even like AA, which I'm a huge fan of from, you know, where you need to work your 12 steps, you need to be in that. But then sometimes if, if there's a place where it's been controlling and fundamentalist and limiting the soul, then we go into a place of, and every personality is different. I think people are really different in terms of what's good for one person might be horrible for another person and vice versa. So there's really not a lot of dogma or rules, you know, I think it's such a unique path situation, but for some people then if they were raised in a confining religious system where maybe they're gay and maybe their religion doesn't have room for that, right? Then you go into the rationalist place where you're an atheist or maybe agnostic of like, well, I reject that. Now the highest spiritual calling is for me to reject the limitations in I'm in rebellion in some way. I'm in reactivity to that experience. And that goes on for a while and maybe forever for that person's lifetime, forever in that lifetime. Um, and then it goes to the mystic, which is where kind of meet your soul just jumps right into, which, and sometimes we need to go through that process, you know, but I think the mystic is just like, if you drop all the dogma and we just directly tap in, plug in to why are you here? What call is upon your life? When you look at the patterns in your life, what have been the lessons you've been learning? What if we trusted that that's happening for a reason? What if we can get into contact with that through our brain states? Um, then it's just, 
not even debatable, right? It's like nobody can talk me out of Sophia because I've literally I've had experiences with her that the way they couldn't talk me out of loving my child, you know? It's not something I believe from a book or have been told. It's a felt truth and experience an embodied experience. So I think what we need is that the world needs more people. We would have so much less like <laughs> challenges, wars, disagreements, if people would just promote for each other the true and honest exploration of who they came here and, and meant to be. And again, I think it gets tricky because it can be like, well, the world's a scary place. Maybe you're not ready to trust yourself. Maybe if you trust yourself, you're going to go do something dumb, bad, or wrong. And that's why religion kind of yeah. has profited for so many years because we haven't done a good job as humanity in terms of being ruthlessly honest with where our shadow projections and power tripping places are in ourselves, you know? Mm. Um, but if we can have the humility to start that path, then everything would change. I had a dream, a dream, an astral experience when I was writing Meet Your Soul where usually I don't talk about this in beginner interviews because <laughs> again, we're going right it. into it. I love it. We're, we're just we're going there. <laughs> we're just going to call this a one-off. Anybody who needs a 101, just abandon ship right now. Um, so it was this, I was writing Meet Your Soul and I was really in it energetically and feeling what the book was calling me to do. Every prayer, every day was like a prayer of like, okay, what do you want me to bring through for people? Because I wanted the book to be a transmission so that at the end of it, people are meeting their souls. We're not talking about it anymore, but where they're like, trying out the soul journaling, which is phenomenal. And I love, I want you guys to talk about a little bit more of your experiences too, because I love hearing about it. But um, so the, so the experience was, I was like, asked, it was, I had left a dream. It started in sleep, but then it was like an astral travel experience where I went up above the planet. And I remember looking down at the planet. I was like, it's so beautiful. And then I could see this grid around the planet that was like this gold woven web like a spider web but it was really beautiful and i remember thinking it's so beautiful and then as i came into contact with it there was definitely a feeling of oh no this is like yeah a dark this is false light <laughs> this is like a grit this yeah. is the, what they call the matrix mm -hmm. this is and then this download of a small group of people or entities have the majority of the power which is kind of like duh just on the mm -hmm. planet financially like that's obvious right but seeing it spiritually yeah. right seeing it in terms of accessing our consciousness. Um, and, and frankly, there was a lot of also kind of religious energies on that grid, right? And what the grid was, was like, you're not allowed to do this. You're not allowed to meet your soul is basically what the grid is. And so then I woke up and I came to, and I had a huge like David and Goliath moment where I was like weeping in bed. Like, what's the point? Why do I yes. read this book? We're not going to win in the end. Like there's so much, there's just like no points, mm -hmm. David and Goliath and um, weeping to Adam. And then my soul showed me an image like light bright when you're a little kid in this game where you take the pegs through the black paper and the light lights through. And it was like, God was the light. The matrix was the black paper. And then everybody who sold journal, everybody who meets their soul, everybody who starts listening is like the peg. Wow. And I think that's a good example of the difference between God and soul too, because God is the light, yes. but then the pegs are all these beautiful different colors, right? There's this like diversity and there's this beauty in the picture that's coming forward that's created from the pegs. Yep. And the feeling was every time somebody says, I want to know, 
what that is. It starts with the intention of like, what is that? What is my soul? You start to break through that matrix. And, and it's, so I see every day as like a spiritual test. Like every moment we kind of have love and fear inside and outside of us. That's so kind of like, what's going to win? I and mean, is it going to be like, my thighs are fat, I'm worthless. Then the matrix just won. Or is it going to be like, what does my soul think about my thighs? You know, what does God think about my thighs? Like then things start to change. And the, the hard part is remembering to remember because we get so addicted to the insanity of the question and the cycle of that. And so so I see it as revolutionary, mm -hmm. like this work we're all doing. It's it's truly spiritually revolutionary because there are energies that don't want us doing that. And I think there's something about that that shows up in the resistance or the I'm crazy or the I'm not allowed to or what if I'm the first person in my family to do that? Because there's also something ancestrally, I think, like a goose in the front of the line breaking that that code, you know. Yes. Thank you so much for tuning in to Morning Microdose by Almost 30. We hope you enjoyed waking up. As always, we encourage you to take what resonates and leave the rest. If you enjoyed this trip, tune into the full episode on the Almost 30 podcast. All episode information can be found in the show notes. Make sure to subscribe and if this becomes a part of your morning routine, be sure to share it with a friend. We have new inspiring doses Monday through Friday. Follow us on Instagram at Morning Microdose and follow Almost 30 at Almost 30 Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the vortex.